Hello again, everyone. I'm Matt Laughlin. Welcome to the latest edition of Pirates Talk presented by Jag One Physical Therapy. The Big East Tournament semifinals will be played later tonight with the top four seeds all in action. Play will not include Seton Hall, which was a long shot to get there, but left their hopes in tatters in their opening round game against DePaul when they couldn't protect a four-point lead in the final 10 seconds, turning the ball over, making a mental mistake on a three-point shot by DePaul, and in a controversial finish, having a goaltending call which would have given Seton Hall a game-winning basket by Femi Odakali overturned on review and the Pirates losing 66-65. Once again, turnovers and poor shooting from the free throw line hurt Seton Hall, which was playing without Kadari Richmond and Trey Jackson. So in all likelihood, it's on to the NIT for Shaheen Holloway's crew. They'll know their fate come Sunday night. Tonight, it will be regular season champion and number one seed Marquette facing fourth seeded Connecticut at 6.30 p.m. at Madison Square Garden, while number two Xavier takes on number three Creighton in the game that follows, with the winners advancing to Saturday night's Big East Tournament Championship game. Here to talk about the semifinal matchups, the coaching carousel of the Big East that includes the departure of Patrick Ewing at Georgetown, and what next year looks like for Seton Hall, is good friend of the show Adam Zagoria, who covers Seton Hall for NJ.com, but who can also be read in the New York Times, on Forbes.com, many other publications, and who has his own blog, Zag's Blog. Adam can be followed on Twitter at, at Adam Zagoria. And our conversation comes your way after this message from Jag One Physical Therapy. A proud sponsor of Seton Hall Athletics, Jag One Physical Therapy gets you back to the life you love. Voted the number one physical therapy company based on first-class patient care and outcomes, Jag One Physical Therapy is invested in your full recovery. Your preferred in-network rehabilitation provider, Jag One Physical Therapy, has convenient locations throughout New York, New Jersey, and Pennsylvania. For more information and to find a location near you, visit www.jag1pt.com. So Adam, form is held in the Big East as the top four seeds are in the semifinals. But before we talk about some of the games and your reflections on what's happened over the first couple of days, got to ask you, what's the garden like on a day when there's four games, uh, there's drama, the place is packed, the fans are vocal? What's your view of what it's like at Madison Square Garden for a Big East quarterfinal day? Yeah, I'll tell you the environment and the energy in there yesterday, you know, Thursday, Matt was just really incredible with the two afternoon games, you know, St. John's and Marquette went down to the wire in overtime. And then, uh, it looked like UConn was just going to destroy, uh, Providence. And of course the Friars made a big run and got it to within five and the, and the building was rocking with the Providence fans. I talked to Bob Hurley senior, uh, after the game, cause he was sitting right next to Danny on the sideline. And, you know, even he was raving about the, the energy and the environment in there. And Ed Cooley, the Providence coach said, there's no uh, arena and no league in America that can match the, the atmosphere and the energy of the garden. So it's, it's not the same old big East when it was first formed, but it's still got that energy when the teams get together, by the way, I saw your story and will Bob Hurley and his wife, his grandchild and his daughter, move from those seats because <laughs> Dan, Dan uh, uh, coach indicated it was a little too close to hear his dad all, all game long. Yeah, it was so funny. I mean, they were literally a couple feet away from Danny and uh, I asked Danny about it after the game and you know, he's got a very dry sense of humor and he was just like, yeah, they were too close. 
I could hear my dad moaning and groaning. And, <laughs> you know, his dad's, uh, he said his dad was telling him when to call a timeout and who to sub in and out. And, uh, you know, Bob told me, didn't mention any of that to me, but, uh, you know, he's a hall of fame coach. So I'm sure he's got a lot of thoughts as the game's going on. Yeah. I'm sure he knows uh, what he's talking about. And I'm sure Danny yeah. bends an ear from time to time. All right. So tell us what you've made of the first two days. Really no surprises. St. John's, slight and that they gave Marquette the battle Seton Hall losing to DePaul that's a bit of a surprise but here we are with the top four teams what have the first two days been like in your mind well I mean I think we have to start Matt with the with the coaching carousel I mean those are kind of some of the biggest stories I know I know you're asking about the games but um, the fact that you know uh, Patrick Ewing was let go fired um, Thursday after you know, a really disappointing tenure at Georgetown is obviously a big headline. I, I wrote a big story about him for the New York Times. And, you know, they've only won two Big East games in the last two years. They went 0-19 in the league a year ago. So it's just, you know, I think a lot of people obviously sort of sad and disappointed that Patrick, a tremendous, you know, Georgetown and New York Knicks icon just, just couldn't do it uh, as a coach. And <clears throat> there's obviously a lot of speculation that St. John's coach, Mike Anderson, uh, is going to be let go, you know, as soon as Monday. Um, and then there's more speculation about who gets those jobs. Does, does Rick Pitino take one of them? Does, does Rick slide over and take St. John's? So there's a lot of, uh, you know, coaching carousel stuff going on this time of year. Well, that would be the, the biggest story, of course, when someone in the nature of Patrick Ewing is like, oh, but everybody saw that coming. And Mike Anderson, it just hasn't really been a – a fit, it seems to me, and uh, who knows what will happen. Maybe he still comes back, but the writing appears to be on the wall. W what went wrong at, at, at Georgetown? I mean, did Patrick Ewing just not get the college game, the recruiting necessary? His his exploits resonate for you and me. Do they still resonate to a 16-year-old, 15-year-old that he's trying to get in on? Yeah, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to sidetrack our conversation totally on this. No, I'm glad. Yeah. You, I mean, it, listen, there's no doubt. I mean, the, the games were one thing, but when you're talking about G-Town and Ewing, you're talking about iconic an iconic school and certainly its greatest player. Yeah, I mean, look, I, unfortunately, um, we've had several of these coaches who've never, you know, Patrick never had any head coaching experience prior to this. He was an NBA assistant with Charlotte for a long time. And, um, you know, just like kind of Chris Mullen didn't have any head coaching experience with, uh, before he coached at St. John's, you know, Steve Nash, uh, didn't have any head coaching experience before he coached the Brooklyn Nets. <clears throat> you know, there's a whole bunch of these situations where it just didn't really work out. Patrick had a lot of turnover there. There were 17 transfers on his watch. And in this era of the transfer portal, you know, it's very easy if players are dissatisfied with playing time or how the team's doing for them to just get out of there. He wasn't able to really recruit the, what they call the DMV, you know, Washington, DC, Maryland, Virginia, and get their top players. Um, and then just on the court, you know, they played kind of an uninspired brand of basketball. They were close in a lot of games. They, you know, that one game with Seton Hall, I think they were tied at the half and then Seton Hall just blew them out in the second half. So just weren't able to close games. Um, and, uh, you know, it's interesting because the league has seven of 11 coaches are African-American, including Patrick Ewing and Mike Anderson. So now if both of them are out, you know, it'll be down to five and 
you know, it's just kind of a, a side story. It'll be interesting to see who fills those jobs. Is George? But, go ahead. I'm sorry. And I was going to talk about the games on the court, but yeah, we'll, well, yeah, we'll, and, we'll and 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 we'll get to that real quick because I know your time is limited. But is Georgetown still? a plum job or have things changed to the point where while they will conduct, at least they claim a national search, it may be harder to attract big time talent there in terms of a coach. Yeah. I mean, they obviously, you know, look, they got to the NCAA tournament a couple of years ago. They won the Big East tournament 2021. Um, they got to a final four under, um, you know, John Thompson, the third, but that was, you know, whatever, you know, more than a decade ago. So I think it it's going to take somebody who really maybe was inspired personally by big John Thompson and carries those memories and wants to try to restore, you know, Georgetown to that era. But like you said, most of these kids now, you know, they don't remember any time when Georgetown was good. They don't remember Allen Iverson or Patrick Ewing, you know, people our age remember that, but um, you know, if you can't envision it and you can't imagine it, didn't see it, it's a little harder. So it's, it's going to take a, a special someone to, to turn that around. That being said, it's in the nation's capital. It's in the Big East. They have an influential and deep alumni base. So there are a lot of reasons why that program would attract someone who wants to turn things around. So on to the two games that will be played tonight. Uh, as I said, and as you well know, form holds. The 630 game is Marquette against Connecticut. Uh, two hot teams. Marquette almost was knocked out, but you could somewhat see that coming. They hadn't played. St. John's played the night before. A little emotion on the on St. John's side. But at any rate, how do things shake out here? Is Connecticut the team on the come in this tournament? Yeah, I think so. I mean, look, I think, uh, Matt, of these four teams, any one of them could win the whole thing on Saturday night. I don't think there's a clear favorite. Uh, there are four excellent teams who... Each, I think, could you know make the second weekend of the NCAA tournament. Um, look, Marquette has been kind of underestimated all season. They were picked ninth in the league. They won it. Now it's really going to be interesting against Danny and a UConn team that, for about you know the first two thirds of the game yesterday, looked as good as any team in the country. You know that people kind of joke UConn's like Noah's Ark. They have two of everything. <laughs> um, you know they got two big guys and and. Donovan Klingon, the seven foot two freshman and Adama Sinogo who went to the Patrick school in New Jersey. So, uh, you know, I, I, my gut says UConn gets it done because they got the crowd support and um, they got a lot of talent, but it's really tough to, to bet against Marquette. They, you know, they were down a lot, double digits to St. John's and came back. Tyler Kolek, Big East player of the year um, is kind of a, you know, kind of in that Colin Gillespie, mode of a tough gritty you know facilitating point guard and then they've got some um, athletic big guys and um, Omax Prosper and, and Igadaro. so that's going to be a really fascinating game and then the second game you know I, I like Creighton in that game Creighton to start the season was a top 10 team in the AP poll they struggled early but they're really you know coming into their own now they score a lot of points um, you know, they're a very explosive offensive team. Greg McDermott's a tremendous coach. And I think, uh, I think Creighton beats Xavier in that second game. Well, it should be thrilling. No question about it. And Creighton, I think after the game, 
McDermott said that was their best game of the year. And, and it's taken them a while because of injuries and what have you that you discussed for them to kind of put it all together. So, so they may be arriving at the perfect time for a run. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think I, th- I think they're a team that, you know, people sort of wrote off early because they struggled. But again, they're kind of like Gonzaga in that, you know, they're going to put up 75, 80, 85 points in a game. You know, un- unlike Seton Hall, which struggled, <laughs> struggled to get to 60 or 65. So to beat Creighton, you know, you're going to have to score 80 or 85 points. And there aren't that many teams that can do that. They're, you know, they're kind of like Gonzaga in that way. So these four, and, and, and we'll let you go on two last questions. One is looking ahead to the tournament and then one question about Seton Hall. So these four teams, they have their NCAA berth secured. It's just a matter of where and where, when, uh, Anybody else? Does Providence get in despite their fall at the end? Yeah, I was talking to someone about that yesterday. I mean, it's just kind of been assumed that Providence gets in. But if you really look at break down their uh, schedule and their, you know, their path to the season, there's not really that many great wins that they can point to. I think I think they do get in, but um, you know, UConn. Look, the two weeks. UConn could end up being like a three or four seed, depending on, you know, if they win the Big East tournament, they could wind up back at the East Regional at the Garden in a couple of weeks. And, you know, they'll have, if that happens, they'll have crowd support behind them. And, you know, they certainly have the talent to to make a deep run. But I, I think a lot of people also like Marquette and, and Creighton to go deep. So, you know, it's interesting, right, Matt, because Villanova for so long under Jay Wright uh, was the, standard bearer the flag bearer for the big east they won two national championships under jay now this is going to be the first time in a decade that villanova is not in the tournament you know after reaching the final four last year so some of these other big east teams are going to have to you know step up and and carry the the ball for the league we'll see whether or not seton hall accepts an nit bid jaheen holloway said they would uh i'm assuming that means they will but in general assess this season What's next for Seton Hall in Holloway's second year at the helm? Yeah, I mean, I think it's obviously been, you know, it was obviously disappointing. They lost to DePaul in, in the way that they did, unquestionable kind of call at the end. It would have been nice to see them. Obviously, they didn't have Kadari and Trey Jackson. That really hurt them. If they had those two guys and they win that game and they play Xavier, you know, who knows what happens. Um, and there were a couple games there at the end of the regular season that had they won those that, you know, they were in the mix for an NCAA tournament bid in Shaheen's first year. I think overall, you know, you have to give them a, you know, a grade of like a B or B plus maybe, you know, they won 10 games in the league. Uh, he won 17 games overall, which both are records for a first year coach. Um, you know, he's going to have to go into the transfer portal and get, two or three guys, you and I have talked about this, guys who can score the basketball. They just couldn't score enough this year, and they're definitely going to need some big guys because, you know, they're going to probably lose, you know, maybe Tyrese and Trey Jackson and Alexis Yedna. They don't have any size. I think, in a, you know, best case, you get core guys like Kadari and Femi. Alamir Dawes has another year of eligibility, the Davises. So there's a core of guys there who – you know, know how to play, know how to win, but he's got to get some scores and some transfers out of the, some size out of the portal. 
offense is the thing. I know defense travels, and that's his calling card, but boy, that offense did look ugly a lot of times this year, and they were just outmanned on the board, so those are two critical areas. Adam, thanks so much for your time. Enjoy the four games, or the two games, the four teams, the two games tonight, the championship, and March Madness. Always a pleasure to talk to you. Thanks, Matt. Take it easy, buddy. There have been no Cinderella's in this year's Big East tournament, and no matter who wins it, Nothing will be considered a real upset with the top four seeds all advancing to the semifinals. But the games tonight match the best four teams in the conference and should provide hoops lovers a great evening of basketball. On Sunday, we'll see how many Big East teams get into the NCAA tournament and whether or not Seton Hall goes to the NIT. That seems to be a given, but frankly, you never know. Thanks to Adam for his time. His thoughtful insights are always appreciated. As mentioned earlier, you can follow Adam on Twitter at at Adam Zagoria and read his work in NJ.com, The New York Times, and many other publications. That will do it for this edition of Pirates Talk, presented by Jag One Physical Therapy. Pirates Talk is available wherever you download your podcasts. Let me know what you think about the show. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Thanks, as always, to Pat Christensen, the sound engineer of the show and the writer and performer of the Pirates Talk theme. And thanks to you for your company. It's very much appreciated. Until next time, I'm Matt Lachlan. Be safe, be well, and go Pirates. Pirates.